Let us turn in God's word this morning to Psalm 34. Psalm 34. Psalm 34, the title, a psalm of David when he changed his behavior before Abimelech who drove him away and he departed. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul shall make her boast in the Lord. The humble shall hear thereof and be glad. O magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. I sought the Lord and he heard me and delivered me from all my fears. They looked unto him and were lightened, and their faces were not ashamed. This poor man cried, and the Lord heard him and saved him out of all his troubles. The angel of the Lord encampeth round about them that fear him and delivereth them. O taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man that trusteth in him. O fear the Lord, ye his saints, for there is no want to them that fear him. The young lions do lack and suffer hunger, but they that seek the Lord shall not want any good thing. Come, ye children, hearken unto me, I will teach you the fear of the Lord. What man is he that desireth life and loveth many days, that he may see good? Keep thy tongue from evil and thy lips from speaking guile. Depart from evil and do good. Seek peace and pursue it. The eyes of the Lord are upon the righteous, and his ears are open unto their cry. The face of the Lord is against them that do evil, to cut off the remembrance of them from the earth. The righteous cry, and the Lord heareth, and delivereth them out of all their troubles. The Lord is nigh unto them that are of a broken heart, and saveth such as be of a contrite spirit. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivereth him out of them all. He keepeth all his bones, not one of them is broken. Evil shall slay the wicked, and they that hate the righteous shall be desolate. The Lord redeemeth the soul of his servants, and none of them that trust in him shall be desolate. That's where we read God's holy and inspired word. May God bless the reading of his holy scriptures unto your hearts. The text that we consider for the sermon this evening, this morning rather, is the eighth verse, Psalm 34, verse 8, O taste and see that the Lord is good, blessed is the man that trusteth in him. Beloved congregation in the Lord Jesus Christ, a few hours from now, the Lord willing, you will be gathered with family and friends around the table. The table will be Filled with food, we trust it will be 
food that is good, food that is tasty, food that is satisfying. And you will then, as you gather around that table with family and friends, be able to eat to your full until at last you are satisfied. It is appropriate then that we who are Christians pause for a moment this morning before we partake of that physical food and drink. And before we partake of that physical food and drink, it is good for us that we partake of spiritual meat and drink. That's the command that the inspired writer gives to us in this text. O taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man that trusteth in him. So let's consider this text this morning under the theme, Tasting Jehovah's Goodness. Tasting Jehovah's Goodness. Two points. First, we'll consider how we are to taste of his goodness. Second, why? What motivation is there to taste of his goodness? How is it then that we are to fulfill the command given us in this verse to taste and see that the Lord is good? There's a difficulty here. We can speak of this difficulty even on several different levels. One difficulty is this. How do you taste and see that the Lord is good? If it has been the Lord's will for you that you suffer? What if it is not the Lord's will for you that you gather with family and friends around the table, but that you are alone on this day? How then do you taste and see that Jehovah is good? when so many others are gathering with family and friends, but you then are alone? Or what if it is the will of God for you? What if it is the good pleasure of God that you have disease, affliction? What if it is the will of God that there be a rebellious child in the home? then how then does one in that context say that I can taste and see that Jehovah is good? Sometimes the experiences of our life seem to tell us something different than that Jehovah is good to us. So that's one level of the difficulty here. But then there's more that we can speak about regarding the difficulty of tasting and seeing the goodness of Jehovah God. And that difficulty is this, beloved. The text comes to us and the text gives us this commandment speaking to us in terms that are very physical. The way that the text addresses us, it almost is as though... Jehovah is a physical person and that Jehovah can be perceived, understood through our physical senses. 
The text says taste, and the text says see. And those words in the original mean very literally, as they are translated here, taste and see. They're used elsewhere in Scripture to speak of somebody physically tasting honey. Somebody taking that honey and eating that food. And now this applies unto Jehovah God. So how then are we who are Christians supposed to execute this commandment, fulfill this commandment, which is very physical? To taste is this idea that you take food, you use the fork, you bring that food to your mouth, you close your mouth around it, the food then settles on your taste buds, and it sends a message then to your brain. The brain processes that message received from the taste buds, and the brain then evaluates whether it finds the food to be tasty, savory, or distasteful. Is the flavor of the food desirable? Is the texture of the food what you were anticipating it would be? Is the temperature right? Is it too hot or too cold? The brain, in a very short period of time, processes all of those things and then gives you either a sense of delight and satisfaction as you eat that food or the brain says that it is distasteful and perhaps one is inclined even to spit that food out if it is so distasteful. When one makes an evaluation about food, physical food, it's very hard then to change the opinion, the perspective of that individual. If somebody has tasted a particular food and found that he does not like that food, it does not matter how many others around that person say, this food is good for you, you really ought to eat it. It does not matter what even the professional chef would say regarding this food. Maybe the professional chef would say that this is desirable to the social elites, and so you really should enjoy this food too. It does not really matter what others around you say. If you do not like a particular food, it is hard then to change your opinion about that food. Now how then do we taste and see that Jehovah is good. It's not as simple as taking your fork and bringing a bite of food to your mouth, placing it on your taste buds, and forming a judgment and opinion about whether that food is good. Jehovah, we all understand, is Spirit, not physical. John 4, verse 24, God is spirit. And they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. So how does one make an evaluation about one who is spiritual? 
someone who is invisible, someone whom you will never behold face to face. And then adding to this difficulty is this. We do not naturally think about God. We confess this to our shame. But how often is it not the case in our lives that we are far more concerned about things physical than we are concerned about Jehovah and his kingdom? We're quite eager to partake of the Thanksgiving meal. And we trust that we'll be able to reflect on that meal and say that that meal was very good. But did we wake up this morning with that same level of eagerness to partake of the spiritual meal? And reflect upon that meal and judge that that meal, that spiritual meal, is very good. We're concerned about sports teams and whether this sports team is good or that sports team is good. But are we concerned about whether Jehovah is good? Because of the fact that we are of this earth earthy and bound to this earth with a thousand ties, it is very difficult for us even to contemplate Jehovah God and have the desire to form an evaluation of whether Jehovah God is good or not good. We confess that by nature our mentality is this, that Jehovah God is in heaven and he takes care of things that are in heaven and I am on this earth and am busy taking care of things on this earth and so long as our worlds do not intersect one with another as long as he remains there and I remain on this earth and I'm quite content to do what I please on this earth and Jehovah God may do as he pleases in heaven. But now here the text calls us taste and see that Jehovah is good. How then do we who are the children of God carry out the command of this text, taste and see? I believe not only is it necessary for you to taste and see that Jehovah is good, but I am convinced also it is possible by the grace of God for you to be able to taste and see that Jehovah is is good. We do this in the first place very simply by observing has God given unto me good things? Though God is spirit and not physical, yet God is the creator of things physical. God is the one who shaped the heavens and the earth and all that is therein. God is the one who causes the sun to rise up in the sky. God is the one who uses the light from that sun to work photosynthesis in the plant so that the crops can grow. God is the one who sends the early 
and the latter rains so that the crops grow and there is an abundance of harvest. God is the one who has given unto us our homes, shelter, clothing, food. Children need to be taught this and reminded of this. If you ask a child, where does food come from? And the child will say, well, the grocery store. And yet the child must be reminded that that food that is found on the shelves of the grocery store comes from the farmer. And where does the farmer receive that food from? Well, the farmer receives that food because God is the one who caused the crops to grow. The psalmist, a couple of verses later, speaks of God's provision for his people. Verse 10, The young lions do lack and suffer hunger, but they that seek the Lord shall not want any good thing. And so we mustn't imagine then that because we are called to be a spiritual people, that we cannot see the hand of God at work in our lives as God gives unto us what is necessary for our bodies and for our souls. This creation is, according to the Belgic Confession, a most elegant book by which the power and the divinity of God are revealed unto us. And so even the children, as they see what God has given unto them are able to confess Jehovah is good because Jehovah has given unto me provision for my body. But there's more that's required, beloved, in order for us to be able to taste and see that Jehovah is good. It cannot simply be the case that if we look around and see that God has given us an abundance of things earthly, that then we'll be able to conclude, aha, Jehovah is good, and I have tasted and I have seen of Jehovah's goodness. Why is it the case that we will not be able to conclude of ourselves that Jehovah is good? It's this, beloved, because the man of the world, who has no faith in Jesus Christ, the man of the world who does not acknowledge the authority of God's word in his life, the man of the world who does not repent of his sins and cling to the righteousness of Jesus Christ, that man as well receives an abundance of things physical. In fact, it could well be that the man of the world receives more than what the God-fearing child of God receives. Oftentimes that is the case that the world prospers while the righteous are afflicted. The men of the world are given positions of power where they rule upon this earth. In in comparison, the men of the church do not have that same measure of power upon this earth. Men of the world oftentimes are given great cunning, great intelligence. They come out with great inventions which wow and impress the people of this earth. And yet oftentimes, the men and the women of the church are not the ones coming out with those inventions. And so you understand then that it's not only the righteous who receive physical prosperity, but it's also the ungodly who are given physical prosperity. 
And yet the righteous, rather the unrighteous man would never say of Jehovah God that he is good. He would never taste and see the goodness of Jehovah, whereas the righteous man does. So what separates us then from the ungodly? How do we who are children of God taste and see that he is good? Is it not this, beloved? It's faith. Faith. That's how we keep the command of this text. Faith is, as it were, the spiritual mouth by which we partake of the blessings of Jesus Christ. Faith is the spiritual eyes by which we behold the invisible God as He is revealed through the visible creation and in His holy Scriptures. It's by then the exercise of faith that we come to see and confess Jehovah is good. He's good within Himself as the triune God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit who dwell everlastingly in the perfect bond of love. He's good within Himself as the unchanging God. The name used in this text, Jehovah, Lord, in all capital letters, indicates that reality that He is the God who never changes and He's good in that. There's nothing that is missing from God. Nothing that could be added to God that would improve upon Him. He is the eternally unchanging God because always He has been and always He will be good. He's good in sending His Son, Jesus Christ, into this world. Jesus, who drank the cup of God's wrath, who was given that which naturally would be distasteful to us, given vinegar to drink. God, in pouring out upon His Son, his justice and his wrath for the sins that we have committed. Jehovah is good. Now by faith, we taste and we see that he is good. Faith which connects us unto our elder brother, Jesus Christ. Faith which opens up our eyes to behold the table which God has set before us, which is filled with blessings earned for us. Faith by which we are united unto God Himself. Faith always draws us unto God and His house. Where is it that we taste and see that Jehovah is good? It is within the house of the Lord that we taste and we see of His goodness. 
Psalm 36, verse 8. They shall be abundantly satisfied with the fatness of thy house, and thou shalt make them drink of the river of thy pleasures. It is as God draws us unto himself and as God speaks unto us through his holy word that God gives unto us that ability to taste and see of his goodness. It's as we open up our Bibles for family devotions. It is as we meditate upon the truths that are revealed in the Scriptures. It's as we see the power and the glory of God revealed in creation that God gives unto us the ability to taste and to see. We do this, beloved, by the exercise of our faith. We are not bystanders here in tasting and seeing that Jehovah is good. But we are actively involved in this, tasting and seeing Jehovah's goodness. The text does not say here, merely observe that Jehovah is good. The text does not say here, be able to explain the goodness of Jehovah. But the text says, taste and see Jehovah's goodness. We have not fulfilled the requirement of this text if we simply are able to give a definition of God's goodness. We are not able to say, I fulfilled this text if we speak at length to others about how they ought to see the goodness of God in their lives. But humble obedience to this text requires that you taste and see, partake by faith of Jehovah's goodness. Why do we do this, beloved? The text tells us in the second half of the verse, what is our motive? Taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man that trusteth in him. That's what compels us to taste and see because God's blessing rests upon the man that trusts in him. After all, that's what tasting and seeing Jehovah's goodness is. It's trusting him. We said that faith is necessary for us to be able to taste and see. And faith is a certain knowledge and an assured confidence that not only to others, but that to me also, God has granted the remission of sins. By faith, we trust in God. We lean on God. We draw our strength from God. Our souls are nourished by God. Blessed is the man that trusts in Jehovah, the text teaches us. Not blessed is the man that puts his trust in the things of this world. Not blessed is the individual who trusts in the inventions, the advances of science, 
of the people of this world. Though the Christian may make use of the inventions of the things of this world, our trust is not in them, but our trust is stayed on Jehovah God. Blessed is the man that trusts in him. Consider how God gives unto you this ability to trust in him as God gives you the gift of faith. And then consider, beloved, what this gift of faith costs you in comparison to what it costs God. See, normally if you're going to taste and see something, you have to purchase it. If you're going to enjoy a meal, you have to go purchase the meat, the potatoes, all the other ingredients that make up the food that will be consumed at that meal. And then after having purchased the ingredients, then you have to toil to labor to put together the food in such a way that it makes up the meal. And it's only then after having paid for and labored over the food that then you can taste and see how different it is with regard to Jehovah's goodness. You do not have to pay God in order to taste and see that Jehovah is good. You do not have to toil and labor in order to satisfy the demands of God and then be able by faith to lean on Him and trust in Him. But this is the gift of God to you. Isaiah 55, verse 1, Ho, everyone that thirsteth, come ye to the waters. And he that hath no money, come ye, buy and eat. Yea, come buy wine and milk without money and without price. But what is free to you, beloved, was not free to God. Somebody had to pay for it, and He did. And the price that he paid was with the price of his only begotten Son, Jesus Christ, whose flesh was broken, whose blood spilled forth onto the ground on the hill of Golgotha. Trust in him, for he has proven to you his trustworthiness. Blessed is the man that trusteth in him. And then as well, beloved, taste of Jehovah because you know that Jehovah is good. Psalm 136, verse 1, O give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good, 
for his mercy endureth forever. This knowledge that Jehovah is good compels you to want to taste and see of Jehovah God. It's not the case, beloved, that we are to taste and see of Jehovah God in an experimental way. It's not as if we are uncertain of what the outcome will be when we taste and see of Jehovah God. Young children do that physically with food. They're given physical food to eat after they're weaned of milk. And as that child eats of that food for the very first time, it could be that that child likes the food and consumes it, or it could be that the child finds the food to be distasteful. And that child then, upon finding the food to be distasteful, spits the food back out. But that's not the case for us as we come to the table of the Lord and eat of what He has provided for us. It's not as if we must experiment or come cautiously or tentatively here to taste and see of Jehovah God, wondering, waiting to see whether this will be tasteful, tasty to us or distasteful to us. But we've already come on multiple, countless occasions unto the table of the Lord, and we have found an experience after experience of life that Jehovah is good. Even when the Lord leads us through difficult places, even when He leads us into the valley of the shadow of death, His rod and His staff comfort us. Come, beloved, and by faith partake of the righteousness of Jesus Christ because you know that it is good for you. It is good for your soul. Let us then taste and see that Jehovah is good. The more that you taste of his goodness, the more, beloved, you will yearn for his goodness just as it is with food. You start eating the food, you find that the food is delightful to the taste buds, and because it is delightful, you want another bite, and another bite, and another bite. And it takes great restraint to be able to stop eating that food because it is so savory. So it is then for us spiritually. Partake by faith of the righteousness of Christ and you will find that it is delightful and you will want more and more and more. Once you, beloved, partake of Jesus Christ by faith, you will find that your opinion, your judgment is settled. Nobody else is going to be able to convince you otherwise. Just as one forms evaluations about food and is settled in that judgment regarding food, and it does not matter who else tells you that you should have a different opinion regarding that food, 
so it is for us spiritually. As we come to taste of the riches that God has in store for us, that is the Christian's conviction that this is good. It matters not then how many oppose you, how the world rises up against you and mocks you, taunts you, calls you old-fashioned, calls you out of touch for tasting of Jehovah's goodness. It is the firm resolve of your soul that Jehovah is good. So may God grant unto you, not only on this day, but on every day, that conviction. O taste and see that Jehovah is good. Amen. Let us pray. Our Father and our God in heaven, we thank thee for thy word which nourishes our souls. We pray wilt thou apply the words preached in this morning unto our hearts and unto our lives. May we walk in grateful obedience unto thee. Wilt thou sanctify us by thy word? Wilt thou deliver us from temptation? For Jesus' sake we pray this. Amen.